You're listening to Authentically Me, a podcast dedicated to activating the magic that is within us all through the power of authenticity, sharing, and transmuting with love. Here, you will find real-life experiences shared through the lens of everything is always serving. We are led through this journey by your host, Serena Rose. Serena is a ceremonialist who believes our life is just one big ceremony for our soul. Connect to your soul and enjoy the ceremony. Hello, Authentically Me Beauties. It is an honor to be here with you today and each and every day that we are here together. I want to start with gratitude for you being here, listening, tuning in, and deciding to invest this time and energy in yourself. For the month of February, I'm focusing on dating, sex, relationships, just sharing vulnerably, authentically about that, about what has surfaced for me in my life. And I'm also inviting on some beautiful guests who are experts in their particular area of this realm. And so I am so excited with that being said to have Karen with us here today. She has a unique element that hasn't been touched on yet so far this month. And so with that being said, Karen, will you introduce yourself and just tell my listeners what it is you do? What is your niche? Hi. Well, thank you very much for inviting me onto your podcast or your show. I appreciate the chance to talk about what I do and I appreciate any opportunity I have to connect with uh, people who are interested in this topic. And so um, I am, I consider myself a sex therapist and um, intimacy coach and I work primarily with people who have decided that they they have a loving relationship, but they would love to create more passion and more um, intensity in their sex life, so that they can have um, a, so that their relationship can can continue to grow and and thrive and and last as long as they desire it to last. Um, now I focus a little bit more on um, relationships that are a little outside of the cultural. Um, norm, right? So our cultural norm tends to be man, woman, monogamy, life together forever, right? Um, and so we do have like a large population that um, would like likes to have a relationship outside of that. Um, so that can be, I'm sorry, my cat just entered the room. <laughs> so that could be, um, it could be woman, woman, it could be man, woman, it could be man, man, woman, it could be woman, woman, man in a relationship, it could be a polyamorous relationship, it could be a relationship that is considered lifestyle in which people like open their, um, their relationship up to other people, but they stay in their um, primary monogamous or monogamish group, they, they call it monogamish because they are having sex with other people, but they're continuing to be committed to each other and um, sexually um, attached to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a bit of a, a wide range, but it, it is kind of like a smaller 
niche in that that's a smaller population, but it's pretty much anybody who considers themselves outside of the cultural norm, right? And, and that I have experience with that. And I've worked with a lot of people who are opening up their relationship. And every now and again, I will have something that's a little bit different, um, which is cool. And then I, I can learn while I'm helping them because the basics are pretty much the same. You know, your sexuality belongs to you. Um, only you know what is authentically true and right for you. And you have the right to desire that. There's no shame around that. And um, I help people kind of release those shackles that culture has given us around our sexuality and um, find ways of being who they really are and what they really want to be. And then negotiating how does that work when there's two people <laughs> that's where it really gets complicated is when you have two people trying to um, trying to be their authentic selves sexually mm-hmm. yeah thank you so much for that my goodness and for doing what it is that you do I feel like everybody can benefit from upgrading their sex life and that part of their person and their experience of this life. There's so much magic in sex and in sexuality and sexual expression. And for me personally, it's an area of this self-development journey, if you will, that is more new. You know, I've been on the personal development vibe for a number of years now. And so part of why I wanted to focus on this is because it's something that I'm really becoming an active participant in in my own life. And there's so much to talk about and, you know, discover and people don't know because we were taught to not talk about sex and to not express those parts of ourselves. And it is varying degrees of this from you know what you should or shouldn't wear to who you should or shouldn't be with <laughs> sexually and so um even right now like on my personal facebook page like i i post nude photos and push the edges of our cultural you know norm and society and the taboos and stuff surrounding sexuality. I'm a very sexual person. And I think it's so healthy to to do that. And I even still to this day will receive at times um, like shame from others regarding that expression and regarding being who I am. And so because you spoke to all of this and it seems to be something that's uh, very relevant, I know not just for myself, I know so many people can relate to that what advice would you give people who are breaking through the shaming? How does one break through that within themselves and then when they're faced with that from others? Shall they be faced with that? Yes, very good question. And um, absolutely, it certainly does happen um, to most people. And, and you know, I don't, I don't want to say that to to frighten people and make them afraid because we already are worried about it and we are already scared of it and we don't know if it's going to happen. Um, but it is good to be prepared because it, it does happen. Um, and I think it's because, and you know, we don't have to get into too much like why other people do what they do, but it's partly because the other people hold on to their own shame and they have their own desires and they have their own um, fears around 
their desires and then they project it onto somebody who is like stepping out of their fear right so if um you know if i have some bisexual kind of desires within me but i'm suppressing that out of shame um, and then i see somebody i know who i've always identified as heterosexual stepping into their bisexuality um, I'm going to have some fear around that it's going to trigger my own my own fears and my own shames around it and then I project it onto somebody else so it's really important I'm sorry it's really important for people to understand that it isn't about them in the first place right like what what comes to you um, when you've you know expressed yourself and 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 been authentic and shown yourself and somebody tries to shame you, it has nothing to do with you. You know, our automatic response is to like go and look at what we've done and, you know, have I done something bad? Did I do something wrong? Is it, a, is it a bad thing? Have I hurt somebody else in this process? And you can do that. That's certainly good to do some self-reflection. Um, but most of the time it isn't, has nothing to do with you. It has to do with some of their shadows that you have triggered within them, right? And so I do, most people I talk to, they do have family members. And I think that's even harder, right? Like it's hard to be in the public like you are and getting strangers, you know, throwing hate darts at you. Um, but in, in people's everyday life, they will get that from their family members. They'll get it from close family members, people who they expect to support them and love them. Um, but sometimes those people are, um, dealing with their own issues and their own fears and worries and shames and so they will um, so they will project that on and so it's just grounding into yourself getting like really grounded into who you are mm -hmm. um, people don't step out into that realm without some like serious reflection and some like true understanding mm -hmm. of who they are it's not an easy thing to step out and do something mm -hmm. that's culturally outside of the norm um, it's a hard thing to do and so just like Go back and acknowledge to yourself that you know this is this is who you really are and um, how other people are responding to it is their journey mm -hmm. and, and it's like a serious grounding grounding into your the depth of who you are and allowing yourself to continue to walk the, the path that you're intended to walk mm -hmm. um, with the direction of what other people are, are grappling with in their own bodies Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, keep doing it, you know? <laughs> and I would add to that and say, um, follow and connect with humans like yourself and myself who are pushing those edges. So knowing that you're not alone, right? And that it's okay to, to do that, I feel like is really important that we connect and support each other and lift each other up on this path. And especially in this. Um, so thank you so much for that answer. That was so eloquently put, if I do say so. I loved it. I mm, love listening you. to you. It's great. I'm like very excited for these questions. I'm like really pumped. Um, so what is your story? Like when did you know, oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this sex therapy thing. You know, what encourage that I think that it's really interesting to understand what has brought you to be where you are mm, good question um so I have a I have a pretty long journey I um I I kind of like I grew up on on a farm in Saskatchewan 
Canada, right? Um, and um, it was in, in the 70s that I grew up as a child. And, and so like my parents were really young um, people and they were in their 70s. And my dad was an immigrant from, from Germany. And my mom was a little French speaking girl from the prairies. And here they found themselves in the 70s in this like new age of, um, of, of love and sex freedom, right? And so they were exploring <laughs> all of that, yeah, um, way back in the 70s and, and kind of experiencing that. And so we, I kind of grew up in a very, it was, it was like a, it was a complex um, sex positive yet restrictive um, childhood because we were Catholic. We grew up Catholic. We went to church every Sunday um, and we had all these Catholic teachings. Um, and yet my parents were having parties on the weekends and, and people were, um, you know, very open and, um, and, and, you know, as children, we'd be like watching from our rooms, peeking and looking at what was going on. And, and my parents, to be clear, are these like regular party gatherings or are these like sex parties? These were regular party gatherings, but people would get drunk and people would, you know, like I picked up on that, like, hmm, that's not his wife, right? (laughs) So I picked up that people were very, kind of open that way um and and then yet i'd see them on sunday morning in church um and and the choosing for a child yeah (laughs) it was um and so yeah so i grew up like thinking that sex was good like it was like a positive thing um but my mom was also still pretty shy about it and pretty like she'd be like oh you know (laughs) she just she would be kind of flustered you know talking about it and stuff Um, but my dad was like pretty open and we, and like, I don't know, back in the seventies, there was like weird things. Like they'd have like pens or, or shot glasses where, um, like the lady's dress would fall off when you put it upside down and stuff. It was like, it was like this like really innocent, like kind of like exploration at that time of sexuality. And so because these things were around, I was given the message that sex is good it's a nice thing it's a good thing um and then at church i was told like you know you couldn't have sex outside of marriage and um you know that it was a sin and to have sex outside of marriage and all this kind of stuff so you know i had this like complex kind of understanding of it so i kind of grew up thinking well it must be for marriage and then it's okay right um and so then as i got into my teens Um, I think very naturally I was a very, I'm a very sexual person and my body was just completely open and my body was like so ready as I was maturing and becomes, uh, becoming a sexual person. I was so ready to experience like whatever it is my body could experience. And, and I had this like incredible crush on this, this boy. I was 13. I had a crush on a 14 year old boy and, um, you know, he came out to the farm and we went out and (laughs) It's so cliche, but we went out into the barnyard and we were making out and um, we were having like a really lovely makeout session and I was like completely flowing with it. I was feeling very alive um, and I let him finger me and it felt so good and I loved it. Um, and then, um, you know, he's the one who put a stop to it because I didn't even know we were supposed to, I didn't know where it was leading. I was so innocent and um, we got back and um, he called me a slut and so my whole body retracted with that. Like my body was like, 
ready and alive and, and, and feeling like this was such a beautiful exchange and then being called a slut, like it was traumatic for my body. And I retracted sexually from that. And so it took me a long time after that to allow that part of my body to, to come alive again. And, and I don't know if it did for many, many years. And, um, and then, you know, I did have a, a situation where I was date raped and when I was 16, which further shut me down. Um, and then as I continued to mature and grow and explore, um, I had various experiences. And, and, and then I, got, I met my husband and we got married and it kind of came back. It was like, okay, so this is for marriage, right? This is what it's for. And so I was, I was in the marriage and it was like, you know, sex was really great. And meanwhile, I was getting my social work degree. I felt like I needed to... I felt like I had a calling. I felt like I had a mission to help people. And one of my very first um, professional jobs as a social worker was working um, with women and children who had been sexually assaulted, sexually abused. And so I was very interested in this whole topic. I was, I'm a very sexual person. And so like I was dealing with my own, what was going on in my body. And at one point in my social work classes, I had this like amazing teacher and she was the only known sex therapist in the city where I was going to school and um, she taught a class on sexuality and I just loved it and I and I saw her and I was like I want to be her one day and you know at the time there was Dr. Ruth and I was like I want to be Dr. Ruth one day and there was um, um, Sue Johansson who was doing the Saturday Night Sex Show and I was like I want to be that someday so I started to like really put a lot of interest in that but like I had to like pay bills so I just continued to social work in a variety of different areas and so I, I was moving up and, and doing social work in in different places and getting a lot of experience and then I decided to get my master's degree because I wanted to be a therapist I wanted to do private work and I didn't know yet then at the time where I wanted to do it and um, took me quite a while to get my master's degree done and, and as I was like finishing up my master's degree I was talking with a friend of mine who was a, a yoga teacher in, in the city and I we were talking about sexuality and stuff. And she said, I said that I wanted to be a sex therapist and, and I didn't know where to, you know, go and get certification specifically for that. Mm -hmm. And she introduced me to Layla Martin, who was doing her very first sex, love and relationships certification. And, uh, and so I looked at that and I thought with my master's degree and the certification, it's such a broad spectrum of, of um, understanding sexuality and um, and so I, I took the course and um and then i worked for layla for two years mentoring her students and so in that process that created where i am now as a as a sex therapist and along the ways i've done lots of my own personal exploration um divorced twice <laughs> um and um and in you know, have like entered into a lot of those different communities to explore and, and find out where my own sexuality lies. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's kind of my <laughs> long journey to, to where I'm at. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that uh, with me and with my listeners. I really appreciate that. And, you know, it's in sharing of our stories, I think that we really connect with one another and, can relate. And so I know that, you know, even myself, I can relate to some of what you've shared. And um, like, I'm working on 
forgiveness surrounding Catholicism myself. And it seems to me from what I've learned and explored and talked about with others that, you know, that particular religion carries with it a lot of sexual traumas and uh, repression. And this may be a general statement, but that's just what my personal experience has been. And I grew up in a Catholic family and my grandfather actually raped my aunts and he molested me when I was 12. And my grandmother actually told me that I was a slut and that I was like asking for it and stuff. Um, So it was a very traumatic thing to experience. And my family was very much like, don't tell anybody, don't talk about it. This never happened. And I was like, fuck you guys. This did fucking happen. And I'm going to talk about it and make you uncomfortable. And it's been a huge part of my journey and my spiritual path. And, um, and it's a shifted a lot in my relationships with my family and continues to play an active role because the more that I step into my truth and my power, I understand it. Of course, I understand where everybody is coming from. And, you know, like you said in the beginning, you know, they want to use their voices and say, fuck you guys too. And so they see me doing that and it's like, oh God, what is she doing? How, how can she do this? Like what is happening? And so I get it and I love them for where they are. And, you know, I get to just remember that and love them and continue on on my journey And I just recently this week shared that story with a wonderful older gentleman that I met um, at a bar who he was raised Catholic and he's married and is gay and is like in the marriage and is gay and is so afraid to speak about it, to do anything with that, you know, and, you know, a bar setting is not uh, ideal for a spiritual life coaching session, you know, so I kept it um, pretty focused as much as I could and just encouraged him to embrace who he was and things of that nature, but I'm very curious, like, what your feedback would have been or perhaps if you were me sitting at that bar speaking to this man who was just so afraid of what his family would say you know I shared with him my journey and went a little bit deeper into it in hopes to empower him but I'm not a sex worker like I'm not a sex therapist you know I'm a spiritual life coach and I know it's all connected um, but I'm just so curious like what your feedback is and what you would have said or done in that situation or what would you say to people who may be in that situation because it exists yeah yeah yeah, it totally does and I do I do get clients in those types of situations and um um just as an aside I have like really really tight boundaries (laughs) and so I probably I wouldn't go into any of that in a bar setting (laughs) 
not that I, not that there was anything wrong with how, you know, the communication and the connection that you were making, but because of my profession and because this is, you know, what I work with, I, I have boundaries and I, and I wouldn't, but I would, um, I'd maybe give my card or I would, um, you know, give some kind of a lifeline that, you know, if you need help, let me know, I'll connect you with somebody or you, you know, you see me so um, that's what I would do exactly in that setting but like to more answer your question what you're asking um, I think you know so he's married to a woman I I, I take it mm-hmm. and it's still a secret to her is that right too mm-hmm. um, so if somebody came to me in that that situation and I have I've had lots of people actually come to me and, and it's it's funny because they they will come in and they are actually still repressing it they 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 come in because maybe they're feeling um depression or they come in because they're feeling anxiety or they come in because they're feeling um there's uh, there's a problem in their marriage and that's what they start with it's almost like they're feeling me out almost unconsciously because like they've walked through this life suppressing their truth every day for as many years of, as they've been alive and so to just like sit down in my office and to just like oh yeah this is who I am is not easy and so I can usually pick out those people and I, I just kind of let them flow in what they're what they're talking about and then I ask just like the odd little probing question until we finally do we do we do get out like what it is and there's this tool that I use and and that I was taught um, and it's called um, five senses reality and in the five senses reality we do some breath work and we do some meditation and we go into this like really deep state where um, people really get in touch with what their their soul is is telling them and um, move them to a point in time when they're free of the um, of the of the shackles really that's that's keeping them from being who they really are and 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 in a meditative state bring them there and help them to see feel taste um what that feels like and and what's going on around them and what does that look like and once they kind of get a taste of that and they see that it's possible then we go back and we say okay so what's obstructing you from getting there we go back what's stopping you what is there a fear is there a barrier is there a resistance to going there and what is that and that's where we start our work um, and so often you know we do say it's it's society it's culture it's the people in our lives but we need to start deeper and where is that fear where is that blockage where is that resistance to accepting first who you are personally and loving that and then being able to bring that out and walk it, right? So the first part, you have to love that part of you. You have to embrace it and you have to accept it um, because you can't walk around with that on the outside of your skin if you don't love it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And um, I honor you and your boundaries and your expression and that practice. I think that that's really beautiful. And I'm sure that it's extremely helpful for people too. And it's not something that, you know, you have one conversation with somebody bar or in the office or whatever, and it's like, oh, okay, we're good now. You know, it's something that takes time and energy and effort. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy that you exist and you're able to provide that support and loving space for other people. 
Thank you. Yeah, I, I feel very grateful to have been placed where I've been placed so that I have learned the things I have learned so that I can be there for people who need me. I just, I do feel like I'm, um, I sometimes say like a tool or I'm, I am, the divine has placed me here for its healing of others, right? And so it's just like the healing comes through me and I just have the tools to help them get there because we are working with the conscious mind as well, right? And so trying to like, you know, integrate it all into, into who they are. So yeah, I'm very grateful to be able to do what I do as well. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so for the sake of uh, being vulnerable with you and with my listeners, um, you said something about like humans getting flustered when they talk about sex or whatever in regards to this. And I am noticing that I myself will get that flustered feeling and I'm, I'm a little frustrated. I'm more curious than I am frustrated, but um, I'm mildly frustrated and extremely curious on why that exists and how to break through it. Like when I'm having conversations with potential partners or sometimes even friends and stuff, I'll have to like take a moment. I'm like, oh God, I'm so nervous. Like what, am I really going to talk about this and share this part of my And I have to like take a second and collect myself. And I really would love to just be strong in my desires and who I am. And so I'm, I'm like, I don't know how to break through that and to not be in that flustered space. And so I'm curious like, what advice would you have for me and anyone else that can relate to this? Well, um, I'm, I'm curious. I'm interested um, for with you, um, because we all come from a different place. We all have something different that's going on with us. But for you, um, where do you feel that in your body when you get that flustered? And maybe if you would just take a minute to kind of like close your eyes take some breaths into your body, feel into your body, feel into a situation where you feel flustered and just take a moment to breathe and locate where in your body you find that. And when you find where it is, if you could just put your hand there and just name it for me, where do you feel that in your body, that flustered feeling when you start to share about your sexuality or talk about sexuality? I would say it's in my gut. Okay. So if you can kind of breathe into that spot, breathe into that spot in your gut, keep a hand where it is, breathe into that spot. And I want you to maybe ask it, what does it need from you right now? And if I invite you to share with us what comes up for you when you ask, what do you need from me right now? Yeah, so I feel like on the edge of tears and um, I feel like a desire to throw, to throw up. Um, and I believe that this is residual energy in my body from 
like sexual traumas that I have experienced because I learned at a young age that um, the shadow side of sex, that sex could be bad. You know, um, I was raped when I was four and um, have had a number of different sexual traumas happen. And so, yeah, it just feels like I, I want to throw up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So first of all, I just want to ask, are, do you feel safe with us exploring that right now in this space? Or would you like to like put it into more of an intellectual realm? What, what feels authentic to you in this moment? In this um, I feel very open to the flow of whatever is to unfold. Okay. So if you can go back to that spot, that spot where you felt like throwing up, that spot where you felt the tears kind of starting to come and breathe into it. And if you can try and stay there and not go into your head and explain, analyze, or describe what it is in your head, go into the spot where the sensation is and find that part of you that feels like throwing up, that feels like crying, that feels very intensely around this emotion, around sexuality, and try and try to understand whether this is like a childlike quality within you. Is it a part of you that feels really young? Is it a part of you that feels really wise? See if you can describe what are some of the essences around that piece of you that feels that sensation of like it wants to cry or throw up? It's definitely a childlike part of me. Okay. So if we were to put like skin and bones and flesh and blood and hair and, and clothing on this child, can you describe what she might look like? I'm just seeing a younger version of myself when I was a child and starting to understand that like being touched can be a painful thing. So I invite you, the powerful woman that you are today, uh, to in your mind's eye, go sit with this young girl, sit with this little girl, just kind of sit down in front of her, look her in the eyes, let her know that you're here for her, let her know that you're going to take care of her, let her know that you, that you love her, let her know that you won't let anything bad happen to her. And as you sit there and this love flows out of you to her, Ask her what she needs. Just ask her to speak in her child voice and say, what do you need right now for me? Um, I'm hearing that she needs to be held. Okay. So can the powerful woman that you are open up your arms to her and invite her into your arms, into an embrace. Just feel if she can come and just go into your embrace. Can you feel that? Mm -hmm. Okay, and so in this moment, I invite you to hold her and allow that love you have for her to just flow into her. 
and in your mind's eye, feeling your heart beating against her heart in this embrace. And as her feeling her heart beat against your heart in this embrace and the two hearts beating together and just flowing together and your love and your strength and your power, inviting her to trust you and inviting her to let you hold her and take care of her. How is she receiving this from you? Very well. Mm, beautiful. So then I just invite you to carry her up through your body, out of your gut, through your body, all the way up to the throne of your heart. And at the throne of your heart sits all the different aspects of you. You have that rebellious teenager that wanted to kick ass. You have that young woman that set out into the world. You have the wise woman. You have the healer. You have all the different aspects to you, the goddess. Everything else is sitting at that table. And you just carried this child who has been split and separated from them and has been sitting all alone. And you bring her back and you set her down at the table. How is everybody responding to her being reunited? Beautifully. She's welcomed, honored, adorned. And how does she feel being there? Nervous and excited. Okay. And so if you can give her as much reassurances as you need, if you can all tell her how much they love her and how protective they are going to be of her and how she never has to be alone again, that she has all of these pieces of you there to take care of her and to um, hold her up and to let her play and let her be a child and let her experience her full authentic self as a child as much as she not needs and wants um, and they'll take care of all the other stuff and that all the other stuff can be handled by others who are more equipped to handle that how's she feeling about that really good okay does it feel okay for you to kind of come back and, and talk about that experience with me? Yeah. <clears throat> How does your gut feel right now? It feels good. It feels better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just for like those who are not watching the video, I was like crying throughout that process. <laughs> A beautiful cry. I always envy people who have a beautiful cry. Mine looks kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I can look like that too. But that was um, very peaceful experience and powerful. And I trust that you know whoever needs to hear that will hear that. And I'm just honored to to be there and to have that. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing that with me. You're welcome. And so I would just like suggest now, if you ever do start to feel that sensation, usually when we take it out of your gut, it doesn't happen like that anymore. But that child, she's still in there, right? She's still within you. And when sexuality comes up, she may still have like a little bit of a retraction. But what I would then suggest is that you, you, you address her directly, right? Like you recognize now that that's who is um, 
shy and ashamed and fearful of that whole conversation and like picture her, address her directly, hold her, tell her like, she doesn't have to deal with your sexuality. That's not a part of who she is. She's to run and play and have fun and feel free in her body. Um, and another part of you is going to deal with your sexuality. I'm sure there's a sex goddess in there who is totally equipped to um, deal with sex as it comes up. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I'm excited to be in an experience where I get to, to do that now. So I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, okay. So just breathing back into this interview process now. <sighs> what is your biggest personal challenge as a sex therapist? Mm. I, um, you know, I find that as long as I leave my ego and my um, conscious thought out of it, um, it doesn't feel like there's any challenges at all. Um, because whatever, uh, whatever comes, is meant to come right and so if I have people if I have a couple in my audience I'm in my audience my couple in my office and they're mad at each other and they're fighting at each other that needs to come out you know in a place where I can help them sort through it um, you know if somebody like storms out angry that needed to happen they needed to do that and so um, as long as I keep my ego out of it I I, I don't find it too challenging it's once when I'm in my ego when I'm in my conscious part of myself where I maybe have um have I done that right did I express myself properly you know have I um have I held this person in the most integrity that I possibly can have I done more good than harm you know all those all those questions to make sure you know that my ego worries about um if I allow that to flow, um, then I can go into, I can go into my own rabbit hole. So, um, I, I need to really work at staying grounded myself and just staying present in my spiritual aspect of my, of who I am. And, mm -hmm. um, and everything just happens as it's meant to, like whatever they're meant to hear and whatever tool that I have that is meant to be shared with them in this moment to help them get to where they need to go it just comes. Right. And so, um, yeah, so that, that is, it is just staying out of that part of my head. <laughs> I'm just smiling so big. I like deeply resonate with that. And I think it's so beautiful to hear. Um, so what is a common challenge or issue that you see for your clients? that comes up and surfaces? What is a common issue that you experience in your practice? Um, there's, you know, when it comes to sexuality, there's, there's so much stuff and probably the most, I think, you know, 
people being able to communicate about these things is the 100% top thing that happens, right? Um, we do not, we have not been trained. We do not know how to communicate in our culture when it comes to intimacy. Um, and our, our primal nervous system becomes activated so quickly in, in these um, intimate relationships that we have all resorted back to um, animals in a way when we're fighting. We, we go straight into this fight, flight, or freeze, and we attack, or we run, or we freeze. It's and like the heat of the moment, like you feel the heat in your body, and yeah, yeah, totally. Almost everybody says, I don't even know what we were talking about. It wasn't anything important. It was stupid. It wasn't anything, because they're not fighting about the issue. They're fighting, they're fighting each other's primal urge of fear. The fear comes out and that comes across as, as attack or comes across as withdraw or comes across, across as freeze. So it's, it's teaching people, number one, how to communicate, how to bring your nervous system down so that you can meet each other in a rational way and hear each other and hold each other and be there for each other. Um, so getting through that is number one. Um, but the things that bring people to the office um, besides the fighting is quite often women are sexually shut down. Um, they feel numbness. They feel lack of arousal. They feel lack of desire. Um, and more and more and more, and this is talked about less and less, is men are experiencing um, lack of arousal themselves. Um, they're not um, able to experience arousal. And there seems to be even more shame and even more blame and even more angst around a man who isn't able to achieve an erection. And I try to explain it like, we don't have a problem if a woman doesn't feel aroused. Like if she's not feeling into it, if she isn't feeling um, sexual desire, we're like, that's kind of acceptable in our culture. But if a man can't get an erection, the woman thinks it has something to do with her beauty or her or how he feels about her or, or that, or he feels like he's not man enough or she thinks he's not man enough. Like they get into all this cultural um, blame and like, you know, this ideal that a masculine man has an erection every time he thinks he wants one um, and that he can't lose it until he's ready to lose it kind of thing. And we have to like really, really, really re-educate people on the fact that we all have ebb and flow in our sexuality and there are ways of working through it and there are ways of being intimate with each other. Um, and it is normal, normal for mm -hmm. erections to come and go. Um, and, you know, we can work on women's numbness and arousal so that they can start to feel that beautiful, juicy flow that I talked about at the beginning when I was 13 years old and I could feel everything. I could feel my pussy from the inside out. We're meant to feel like that. We're meant to walk around like that. Um, and I, and that's one of the things I like to do with women is to help them feel that way so that they can like, um, so that they can meet their partner fully ready if they choose to be sexual with them. Absolutely. Like just being turned on by life. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Loving your body, loving your pussy, loving your breasts, loving every part of you. 
um, and showing that love to your body every day and it, it'll light up it'll turn on we are meant to be radiant we are meant to exude this beautiful radiant love um, and sexual energy outside of us it's our power and and we're meant to have that and um, we don't see it in very many you know culture just like that stuffs us down and tells us oh that's not okay and we learned it as a child right maybe not quite as traumatically as you learned it but we all have learned it somewhere that we need to shut that shit down because it's like it creates fear in other people and they want to tone you down yeah absolutely i'm like having flashbacks of experiences where i have experienced that like for example um i've been it's been reflected to me that i exude sexuality like i I radiate sex. I'm like oozing it. And I'm like, well, thank you. That's amazing. And then there are times that I've experienced, um, you know, jealousy or envy or whatever it may be um, from others for just simply existing (laughs) Mm -hmm. and embodying that. And that's just part of the the journey. And I know that we've touched on that already, but we all have our own experiences and engagements with one another surrounding that. So I definitely encourage people to exude their own sexual energy and frequency and own it. And, you know, that's part of why I personally enjoy pushing the edges because I don't as much as there's like that little girl that feels like sex can be wrong or painful or whatever, there is the the goddess and the the powerful woman that you spoke to that also exists. And that's being human. We're multidimensional, like both yeah. things can exist. And so as much as that child inside of me exists, I also have this really empowered woman that is embracing her sexuality full force you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and for any of your listeners that are you know like what do we do with that you know that lashback that you get like you know you'll you will also get men that are attracted to it and don't know how to deal with it right you'll get men that like like it it's like you know it's like a you know, beautiful chocolate bars sitting out there that they just want to lick, right? <laughs> um, and they won't, they sometimes won't approach it appropriately, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and women are afraid of that. And we've, we've been taught and it's ancestral for us to be afraid of men who are attracted to our sexuality. But there, you know, I just, I just want to say that we don't need to be afraid. We can stand in our power. We are more powerful than that. Mm-hmm. We can look them in the eye and we can say, no, this isn't for you if we don't want to share that with them. And they will retract, right? We just need to stand in our power. It's when we look like a victim and we look like we're vulnerable that that may attract predatory type of people. Um, but if we are powerful and we are strong and we are unafraid, um, they will retract because they know that we're powerful and that they, there's nothing they can do mm-hmm. to if we don't want to give it to them so that's important i think for your your listeners to hear as well and if they are feeling a little bit of um fear to just hold that part of you and love that part of you that feels fear but let that goddess step forward like i often think of um diana you know the the goddess diana and how strong she is and how she'll look somebody in the eye and just like 
yeah, this is, this is awesome. Um, but like I choose what I do with this. If I choose to share it, I will. If I don't, I don't. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. And you're literally speaking to a part of my reality that's very live right now because I decided literally this week and I subscribed to an OnlyFans page for myself. Are you familiar with OnlyFans? No. So it is a platform that has a reputation for nudity and sex and women posting videos and photos of themselves. Um, And so I'm embracing my sexual energy. And for a long time, I've been in fear of people being attracted to me. And I've recoiled and been afraid of all the attention and energy that comes my way. And now I'm in a space where I feel very strong and empowered in that. And I signed up for OnlyFans because I'm like, okay, people are drawn to me. Like I want to embrace this and show love and bridge gaps and open up dialogues and, you know, be that uh, beacon of light, you know, for sexuality and sexual expression because I already we already are doing that in our own ways it's just a matter of resisting or embracing what it is that we are and so I'm literally this week signed up for OnlyFans and I'm embracing you know love over fear in regards to that draw it's mm, so beautiful. I love that. I, I love, I think we need more and more and more um, humans who are, who are willing to be that beacon. And what I love is that the beacon is just sending out love, right? Um, because we have, we have had so many of that predatory kind of behavior, create anger, create hate, create, um, you know, resistance to create like withdrawal, fear, all those things. Um, but if we send out the beacon of love, even to those people to show them the way to show them that sex isn't about overpowering somebody who doesn't want to be overpowered. Sex isn't about harming somebody's spirit and soul. It's about love. Right. And that that they can hear that, um, you know, we're, we're changing the world. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that. Um, So if, so we're, we're talking about a lot, the cultural norms and, you know, we've spoken to some different uh, varieties of humans. And so I'm curious for like the average person that wants to explore their sexuality more what is something that that average person could do wherever they may be on their journey to start to shift into that love over fear and embracing their sexual being their god or their goddess like what would you tell that person to start that process um well there there's so many there's so much out there now right there's so much available Um, And, and, you know, I think you do have to kind of do your research. I think it's really important to do your research. I think if you're in a relationship and you're thinking about like shifting the paradigm of your relationship and opening it up, or um, if you have 
you know, if you're a woman, identified woman who has decided that you want to like maybe open yourself up sexually to other women or a man who wants to open himself up to other men or whatever the area you want to explore. If you're just a couple that wants to explore a little bit of kink, mm-hmm. um, I think first of all, do, do your research. And I think finding legitimate um, coaches, finding legitimate programs, finding legitimate places to go to in the first place, because you can, you can accidentally wander into some dark place right um in your in your desire to explore so um you know there are some like really legitimate people out there who are talking about sexuality and i i suggest that they just start to kind of like go online and and look and see who seems real who seems okay you know and if you know go on a couple discovery calls with people find out if you really resonate with who they are, if they really make sense to you and maybe just have a couple conversations with somebody about where to go, where's the next step, what to do. If you're in a partnership, start talking, talk, 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 start being vulnerable, start listening, <laughs> listen and validate where your partner is. Allow um, your partner to express who they are without judgment, allow yourself to discover who you are without judgment you know so start doing some of those things but I think it really really helps to have um, somebody to reflect it to and for that to be reflected back in a loving caring way um, so that you you know what you need to do and where you need to go because it's there's just so so much available yeah I on that note um I was going to say, I'm imagining myself as a listener thinking like, okay, I'm going to Google like sex workers and there's just, there's so much out there. Um, Do you have any like direct resources, recommendations aside from obviously yourself? And I'm, for those who are listening, there are links in the show notes to get in touch with Karen. Um, But I'm curious, do you have any like resources or books or like people that you could just throw into this conversation for whoever might be looking for that? Sure. Um, well, one of my, you know, one of my favorites is um, Layla Martin, who I did take my, my coaching certification with, and she's um, promoting um, her, her Vita program right now, which is a monthly subscription program. Um, so if you Google Layla Martin, I'm sure you'll be able to find lots of resources around her. Um, I also, um, I also really like um, Brenny Brown. Um, I also, um, I think, you know, if you are doing some Googling, I think maybe um, sexualities, sex and intimacy coaching, some of those kinds of things. Cause there's like, there are so many, I have like so many, so many friends in this community that um, it's hard for me to like, even like point towards one, except like Layla Martin, who seems to be kind of like the beacon for me. Esther Perel is really good. If you're like looking at relation, your relationship and if you're grappling with the idea of, um, of perhaps if there's been some infidelity, like that's, she's always a good one. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, those are kind of the ones that come to me off the top of my head, but, um, yeah, but yeah, there's, 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 there's a lot of good things out there. Good. Thank you for that. Um, and then one of my, like, well, first let me ask you, I have one more question for you and then I have a question that I'm asking all of my guests to kind of wrap up the episode with. 
Um, so what are some things people should be aware of if they are interested in exploring relationships different from the cultural norm that we have been discussing? Mm-hmm. What are some things they should be aware of? Mm-hmm. Um, I think back to communication, communication, <laughs> communication, mm-hmm. if you're in a couplehood, um, because, you know, if, if you're feeling it um, and you want to bring it up to your partner, chances are they are going to respond in fear at first because we have been socialized to believe that monogamy, male-female relationships is the safest. You know, all of our fairy tales, everything is around that being the fairy tale ending, that being the, the answer. Um, and so if, if you're wanting to bring it up, recognize that your partner is very likely to react in fear. And fear is often masked by anger. Um, and that can create an attack kind of thing. So um, setting the stage to having the conversation is like really super important. Um, and kind of like setting some boundaries around the conversation around, you know, um, listening and mirroring back. Like I would, you know, just talking about how you want the communication to go so that you can get through it and then give the person, give your partner time to absorb what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that they can come back again in a place of safety where they can talk to you about um, what it is that you're, you're wanting to explore. Um, so like, yeah, so expect there to be some resistance, expect there to be jealousy, like jealousy is a normal human emotion. Um, and sometimes one of the quickest reactive emotions that we have as humans, like, um, I, I remember learning this, like we just respond with it like very quickly. I think, um, anger and jealousy are two emotions that almost like overcome our humans at times. Yeah, I think it's it's fear and anger are the two, right? And it's usually fear, and it on top of fear comes anger um, or comes withdrawal, right? Like it's the fight, flight, or freeze. Um, so it's first it's fear, and then it's everything else. And and jealousy is kind of like what we kind of culturally turn it into, right? But it's actually fear, fear mm-hmm. of abandonment, fear of betrayal, fear of um, you know losing everything that you have, right? And so all that, it's a big thing, you know, you've got a relationship, maybe you have a family, maybe there's children involved, maybe there's like financial implications, you know, that's a lot for somebody to like risk. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of people just stuff it or they don't want to talk about it. So like recognize that that is definitely going to come up. Um, And you can take it slow. You can, you can start with just talking about the fantasy. You can start with like, you know, reading erotica around the fantasy. You can write your own erotica around the fantasy. You can like um, do role playing around the fantasy. Like there's lots of things you can do that don't take you outside of your relationship to start with, just to get accustomed with it and to discover, does this actually land in my body the way I would like it to, right? Oh, and then your kitty's coming to join us. (laughs) Uh, Full circle. Yeah. There's lots of pussy power happening. (laughs) Exactly. So I think that's the biggest thing is to like recognize that they're probably going to, you know, and you have to like really set up the conversation. You have to like really have some structure around the conversation. You need to expect that there are lots of things that will come up and, and have a plan for jealousy, have a plan for like how you're going to respond. Um, One of my favorite books around that topic is more than two. 
um, and I can't remember the author at the moment, but Google more than two. Um, and that is my favorite resource around um, other than monogamous relationships. It goes into all the different other styles and it, it really, really handles all the different aspects to it quite well. That's beautiful. Thank you for that share. Um, <clears throat> and I can put a link for, I'm going to write that down more than two. So I'll put a link for that in the show notes as well. Um, so a uh, final question would be, what is your best dating sex relationship advice just across the board? What would you want everybody to just know? <laughs> um, the thing that comes to mind again is communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, one of my friends who has taken ISTA training, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It's like the International School of Temple Arts. Um, one of the things she learned from there is this communication tool in like the early stages of dating. And I've tried it myself. It's like really good. Um, and it's a, a communication tool where you you know, you, you just like put it all out there. And I think it's so important to like, if you put it all out there and if the person rejects you, if the person doesn't want you, that's good because like who wants to like go through months of relationship to only find out that you're not right for each other or that you, you know, mm-hmm. you could in many ways, which you may still find out, but um, communication is really helpful from the beginning. And it's, um, and, and there's the structure around it. It sounds like BDSM. <laughs> so it's BDSM R is the, the letters that you follow. And it isn't about BDSM. It's about a communication tool, but the B is boundaries. And to, first of all, just like first talk about your boundaries, like let people know what your boundaries are and like go within and find out what your boundary is. Because quite often we wait to hear what the other person wants and desires and then we kind of like mold our boundaries around them and that's not the way to be because then you feel resentful and then you feel angry and then you feel hurt you feel harmed and but you've already given them the go-ahead right and so start off with your boundaries right like you know maybe you don't want to be with somebody who is having um sex with other people or maybe you don't want you know maybe it has to do with you know whatever your boundaries are, right? So like really go within and explore them. Um, So the D is desires. So B, B, boundaries, desires. What do you desire? What do you desire from this relationship? What do you desire from this connection? What do you desire tonight? What do you desire long-term? Like, what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. You know, and if tonight is like, I don't want to have sex tonight, but I sure would like to make out with you. Um, Or, you know, I think I might, you know, I might, I might want to have sex with you tonight if things work out, but like we definitely need to make sure that we're careful with, you know, um, with our protection um, or whatever it is. So talk about your desires. I'm desiring a long-term monogamous relationship. I'm desiring to explore polyamory. I'm desiring a casual relationship, whatever it is. Um, So work on that. So BBS, S is um, sexual health. So talk about your sexual health. I've had my, um, I've had, I've been tested or um, I have only had sex with condoms. Um, I'm very, you know, casual with sex. I don't use condoms all the time. I use, you know, whatever it is, you know, I, I, you know, advocate for people to be careful with their sexual fluids, but, you know, it's important to be honest with somebody about Mm -hmm. sexual health um, right up the start. And that may cause that little girl to go, ah, I don't want to talk about that on a first date, Um, but it's something we need to talk about on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, And M, BDSM, the M is like meaning. What what does this mean? What what are potential things meaning? If I make out with you tonight, does that mean 
that I want to see you again tomorrow or doesn't necessarily mean that if we do have sex, does that mean that I think we're in a relationship or does that just mean that we've had casual sex? What meaning are we placing on this alliance? What meaning do we have um, with different things? You know, if we were to have sex, that would mean to me that you love me. So make sure you know that before you decide to have sex with me or whatever it is that you have in your body. So it's important to carefully um, um, think about that before you have the conversation and invite them to respond as to like how they feel about those things. And then the last one is like BDSM and then dash R <laughs> and the R is for relationship status. Like, where are you? Like, are you divorced? You're, um, I have a primary partner and I'm looking for somebody to date outside of my primary partnership. Um, I'm in a relationship with a woman, but now I want to be in a relationship with a man as well. Or I'm looking for a third to join my coupleness or whatever it is, right? Like what is your relationship status and be very clear and be very honest about it. Cause that's probably one of the things that sometimes people don't want to tell on when they first meet somebody and then it's unfair to them like what are they getting into so to me that's like everybody should have conversations like that when they're dating or in relationships yeah I love that conversations like that excite me like I get excited and I love that shit like I want to have those conversations and for the most part I practice already all of those things except for the meaning portion which is so beautiful. My mind is uh, expanding as we speak because we're so unique in our humans and have so many different expressions and perceptions of what things mean. You know, my color red could look completely different from what you decide your color red is, you know, but they're both red, but they mean different things to the both of us, you know? So that's so true. Amazing. So thank you for enlightening myself and whoever is listening to this. That's extremely helpful. Yeah, I think you're very, very right about that. I don't know how many times like like shouldn't he have like he did this? Like what you know, what did he think I was gonna think? Or what, you know, like we have this impression that we have this meaning we place to things that is unspoken and we consider it absolute. And it clearly isn't. So we need to talk about it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been, wow, what an amazing <laughs> conversation and experience. Um, I truly feel blessed to, to have you here and to have you on. And I'm just curious, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners or say before we part ways? Um, nothing really that we haven't talked about. I just, I just want to emphasize once again that we are meant to be sexual people. Um, we're meant to feel our bodies. We're meant to feel the sexuality in, within us, who we want to share that with, whether we want to share that with anybody. That is completely individual and personal. But if you are shut down, if you are not feeling your sexuality, um, it is something that you can absolutely explore and feel. And then it's your choice as to what you want to do with it. So I think that's yeah. the message I want to leave people with. Yeah, thank you. And I feel like just reiterating for the sake of being like super thorough, communicate, communicate, communicate. <laughs> 
absolutely absolutely and you know and if anybody is feeling any kind of um triggering from anything that we talked about um i think it's just really important to do some self-soothing it's it's really important to give yourself love and to, and to give yourself um, a place of safety in your body. It's it's in your body. It's not in your head. Mm -hmm. Find that safe place. Find that power woman. Find that goddess. Find that wise woman. Find that healer or whoever it is within you. And nurture, nurture, nurture. Love, love, love. Um, because you can you can self soothe. You can get through it. And mm. um, these conversations can be triggering. And and I just want to acknowledge that. Um, but you you are completely capable of self soothing. Absolutely. You are loved. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being here. It is an honor to share with each and every one of you authentically. If you would like to receive in a deeper way, visit our website at authenticallymeradio.com or bookserenarose.com. Remember, you are exactly where you are supposed to be, doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing, and you are loved.